Initiative. I'm your host, The Weeb. This is the show where every other week I'll be talking about anime, manga, and everything in between. This week I'll be talking about Liquid's Recoil. This one is, for lack of a better word, kind of ironic that I am reviewing it ever since the last episode because I talked about Engage Kiss. And why do I say that, right? So when I first started the, watching this, I discovered that it was made by A1 Pictures and released in the same season of Engage Kiss, which I basically slandered in my review. So, I don't know, it's kind of funny that one week I basically badmouthed a whole anime because it was really mid. And now I have watched Liquor's Recoil and I have to say just to give a brief, let's say, a brief overview, it's quite nice, and in some ways, it is the thing that I wanted Engage Kids to be. So, before I even start with the plot and all, let me just give a bit of pretext. So, basically, this one is on my bucket list because it seemed nice when it was first announced, much like Engage Kids seemed like it may carry some kind of, let's say, relevance and was somewhat a bit more marketed than Liquor's Recoil, but Liquor's Recoil, as it turns out, delivered where Engage Keys didn't. I will not be comparing it much to Engage Keys, but as a point of contrast, I have to say that being from the same studio, being released in the same season, and carrying some of the same energy in some places, this one delivers on what I wanted all along. It is, in many ways, an original anime from A1 Pictures that really carries out the quality that I would expect from something from the studio. It carries the art, carries the animation, carries the story, and overall, it's pretty nice. That being said, let's start with the review, actually. So, first off, the stats. So, Liquor's Recoil is an original anime created by A1 Pictures. It ran from July 2nd, 2022 to September 24th. 2022. It has 13 episodes, no VAs, no extras or whatever. And the only um, other thing about the stats that is somewhat, let's say, remarkable is that the opening song is made by Clarice. I didn't actually care so much about the the ending because the ending is kind of, let's say, kind of me. But the opening is pretty nice. That being said, those are the stats. Basically, it was created as an original, original really anime from A1 Pictures, different from Engage Kids, that was a multimedia project. Uh, this one is a, an original production from them, and basically ran in the same season, which already raises some questions of how many of the uh, production staff 
had to work on this and engage keys and did need to maybe make some compromises. I, I don't actually know that. Those are just the questions that I have thought up about in watching this and that and comparing both of them. So let's start with the story. So Liquid Recoil is really different on its approach. So let's start with the setting. So we are in Japan in a somewhat near future where Japan has achieved this overall peace. And so there are no more robberies, assaults, killings, and so on and so forth. But actually, that is... Basically, that's an illusion. The killings still exist, the robberies and all. But now we have in this world, uh, let's say, a government undercover organization to basically police that under the police. So basically, it's a secret service created by the government with only schoolgirls. Oh, uh, Japan never change. They are basically people without uh, family uh, family registries and whatever, but they are recruited by the government for one reason or another. They never really mention how they get the girls, but they just get them. Uh, they don't go beyond just saying that they don't have a family registry and train them to be hitmen, basically. And so they are sent into missions to work undercover as schoolgirls, but they also uh, kill po potential terrorists and bad actors in the society and blend in and don't let the illusion of peace go away. So one of the most important things about this whole uh, organization that they call the Licorice is that they are secret and work among the normal people of Japanese society. That comes on later to be a major plot point. And basically, it's a government agency that has this huge, let's say, back office between armaments, so they go around with live guns, basically just to straight up kill any bad actors that appear, uh, silencers and stuff, pretty secret agents kind of deal. And for the most part, the anime at the very start they show they are pretty trigger happy with most of their targets, so they try to sweep under the rug any any consequences, anything that comes uh, into the public eye. And they have like a huge. AI computer based to create these cover-ups and so propaganda and whatever just to cover up major stories and one of the and one of these major stories that happen and the they use as the symbol to the day that peace was achieved or that the last terrorist attack happened is the fact that we see Tokyo has the Tokyo Tower, right? And in the... I'm pretty sure it's the Tokyo Tower. I may be wrong on that because they mentioned Osaka at some point. Whatever. I may get this wrong, but still. The thing is, one of the major landmarks of the city 
let's say the Tokotower. I, I still think I'm wrong, but still. One of the major towers, a really huge thing, much like I think the Tokyo Tower is, for example, taller than the Eiffel Tower in France, so basically it, it's a really prominent thing. It got exploded 12 years ago, and the thing is, when it got wrecked by terrorists, they more or less covered it all up, kinda, as the last uh, major attack, and so peace was achieved, more or less, and it became a symbol of peace. From then on, they started building a new one, and we start the story at the near completion of this new tower. Why is the tower important? Is because at the end of the anime, this kind of becomes uh, kind of becomes a landmark for the final confrontation. Spoiler alert, I think I jumped the gun on this, but disclaimer, spoiler alert, if you didn't watch Liquid's Recoil, this is the last chance I have to say this, but if you don't want spoilers, please stop this episode now and go watch it and go come back here after you've done so. But I will talk about most of the anime, I don't think I will talk about the... I'd say there are no plot twists in this anime, for instance, but the way that things turned out is pretty unique in some ways, and the way that they tackled so many themes and sub-themes that appear mostly at the end is really interesting, and I'll be talking most about this, but again, spoiler alert either way. So if you want to go clean, watching it, please do it now. That being said, so we have this um, ongoing peace, this ongoing illusion of peace, and then we are presented with our one of our main protagonists. We have a pair of them, that is Inoue Takina, as she's part of uh, Liquid's team doing a bust on a weapons deal and one of her um, one of her teammates is grabbed by some the arms dealers and they are basically holding her hostage at gunpoint and they basically are on a standoff between the, the rest of the team and the arms dealers and Takina is basically ordered to stand by waiting for HQ's orders, but she goes against the orders, grabs a PKP, and this is a thing that they use animations really good for the weapons. I don't actually know if I'll get all the different models right, but still, I really like the care that they took to not only animate the guns, but also use guns that actually exist. And we talk about that more later, but still. So they, all the liquors are equipped with a special Japanese schoolgirl backpacks. Uh, they are basically bulletproof, and they have some different features. Let's say they are bulletproof. They have this Kevlar airbag. Somewhat, it's kind of a emergency shield or something. They have a hidden compartment for the guns and ammo 
and so on and so forth. The whole thing is pretty, it's pretty nice the way they build this up to really seem like it is a thing. It would be really interesting to see someone reproduce it in real life, but that's not the point here. Let's just continue. So, Takina is in the standoff and she, after some time of the standby, she sees a PKP on a stand and loaded. She grabs the PKP, uh, spray and praise the guys and saves her teammate, but still the other girls in, on her team reprimand her for, for this because she disobeyed orders. She basically shot at a fellow teammate and basically they ostracized her for the most part as someone who wanted to uh, tink you. I have a problem with that because given everything she she's a marksman every one of the girls is a trained killer so she could handle the like machine gun all things considered i know that disobeying orders in a military setting is a major flaw and a major something that you won't wouldn't do if you were exemplary but at the same time the methods were not the good ones, but the results are d debatable, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and so from this point on, some other things happen on the side that eventually will lead up to the main, main plot of the series, that outside of this standoff with the arms dealers at this point, meanwhile that's happening, the central a computer system, the whole IT system at HQ, the communications, the cameras and whatever, they get hacked by a third party that they cannot detect who it is. And so, for the most part, we already see at this point that Licorice as an uh, organization, because we get to know the chief of the Licorice, I don't actually remember her name, but still, that's, that's not the point we get to see that the Licorice is not as straight as an organization as it would seem. So they don't actually play, let's say, they, they don't play straight with their own bosses and everything else. So in order to hide the fact that they got hacked, which would be a major, major flaw in security and everything else, and putting the whole operation at risk because it's a secret agency and whatever, and the fact that she already disobeyed orders and it the whole thing actually came out to be a useless standoff because the arms deal had already gone through hours before they got there. That all being summarized, uh, the high breaths at Licorice used Takina as a scapegoat to hide the fact that they, they fucked up in operations and... They dismiss her for the second, let's say, this minor branch that they have, that is the Licoreco Cafe. Licoreco Cafe, this is the part where we get to see the rest of the main cast. So, Licoreco Cafe is basically, a, I would not say a shell company, it's more or less a shell company, it's a cover-up for a branch of the Licorice Command. They call it DA. I don't, I don't actually know why. I don't get the acronym, but 
Uh, it's basically a branch of the licorice that's run by an ex-instructor from the HQ called Mika and basically made by, at this point, ex-licorice, ex-instructor, uh, ex-licorice is Mizuki and Mizuki who is a supporting character doesn't actually appear that much, she helps a lot with transport and let's say fulfillment but for the most part she's just a supporting character and Mika, Mika is really important to the story he's the parental figure for our second heroine Nishiki Chisato she is the poster child for the series, the blonde with the short hair and she's the more of let's say the goofball happy-go-lucky kind of protagonist she is really energetic she doesn't she can stay put for the most part she always is talking doing something and for the she's really funny and at this point is a really big contrast because Chisato compared to Takina Takina is more of the straight-laced more mature kind of character she is more of the um, follow orders do things by the book and just follow what she's told whereas Chisato is the complete opposite uh, happy-go-lucky we let's just wing it the, we see when we get there and so on and so forth it's the it's a pretty let's say pretty used a trope to introduce to opposite partners. She, Chisato eventually becomes Takina's partner. Takina actually gets dismissed from the central licorice branch, the DA, but she kind of will still work for them as a kind of rehabilitation program more or less and kind of to learn again how to work as a team and eventually get back to DA but at the start of the story it's easy to say that the only thing that Takina wants is to go back to headquarters where Chisato is basically the one that will show her that there are more things that we can do as licorice rather than just kill people and be on DA and so for I think the vast majority of the first six episodes we get this whole thing where there is this kind of episodic structure where they start at the cafe and do something goofy and whatever and then we get repeated with something to do with the main plot so there are some lines that basically are created so the first one is the fact that as soon as she's in really gets cemented that Chisato is, for all that's worth, a really experienced, really, not only battle-hardened, but she's really special as a licorice. She, we get to know straight out the bat that she's really good. You may say that <laughs> it would seem like she's more or less John Wick for anime, she can dodge bullets because she has this really acute uh, superhuman reflexes and 
and analysis capability of knowing the timing and the subtle movements of a person so she can uh, predict where they will shoot f to and dodge accordingly. She has really good battle skills in general for CQC and long range shooting, hand to hand combat and so on and so forth. So from the get go we get to see that Chisato is basically the best one that they have and for what's worth all at this point what we have seen from other liquors is pretty under her grade let's say so Chisato is really high 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 grade for any normal liquors and so the first uh, and she's battle-hardened and she knows how things work and so on and so forth she's the one that eventually shows Takina that she was used as a scapegoat for a fuck-up from the headquarters and basically shows her that DA is not so so straight with the rules as she is and this is the first the first plot line let's say the fact that uh, Takina should not maybe return to DA and so there's this whole character development that we see that Chisato eventually uh, shows Takina that the world is better outside of the confines of DA and so on and so forth. That being said, the second plot line basically is the that one that hap is one that happens really early and I think it ends at the very maximum on episode 3 or episode 4 that is this thing where the the hacker that hacked the DA in the middle of the standoff with Takina uh, basically asks for help from Likoreko and this is a thing that we get to see also that Likoreko gets some odd jobs things that DA doesn't actually have a hand to do Basically, it's a, the undercover agency, undercover, the original undercover agency. I don't know if that makes sense, but basically they do the dirty work that DA won't do it. And basically, they this hacker that hacked DA at the start is in trouble and is, tar is being targeted by someone and wants, uh, wants extraction, let's say. And asks Likoreko to do it. At this point, nobody's nobody in the cast know that this is the guy that hacked DA at the start, but eventually we get to know it. Anyways, the thing is the guy wants out and wants rest to be rescued because he's being targeted. And so basically Takina and Chisato go find the guy and just help him out, give him shelter and so on and so forth. The whole things go go on, we get to know uh, one of the main antagonists of the series. It's not really, he's not really the main antagonist, it's like the supporting antagonist more or less. He's much of a comedy relief also. Uh, Robota, Robota is one of the two hackers that we get to know that is the guy that wants to be the top hacker so basically he found the top hacker that's walnut the guy that we are trying to save and is trying to kill walnut to become the top hacker of the world that being said walnut 
Ace trying to escape and so uh, the girls find him and there's this whole extraction kind of deal with a shootout and so on and so forth and this is where we learn that Chisato actually as the top in being the top of Likori's performance she actually doesn't use life rounds on her missions so basically she's the best killer but she doesn't kill and there is this whole at the start it's kind of a whole mystery of why she doesn't actually kill but the short answer is that she doesn't want to rob people of their lives because their lives is finite and you have only one but the thing is she doesn't kill anyone so even if the guy is branding brandishing an AK-47 with a a fully automatic at you she still uses non-lethal rounds and this is the part where I I kind of break away from the anime a bit I can't see a a practical real-life like reason to do something like that because non-lethal rounds are let's say they are good if you are defending yourself at most, but proactively uh, seeking someone and basically, you know, getting them, it's pretty ineffective, let's say. I'll not be debating the ethics of that or whatever, but the, the thing is that she uses only for rounds for all her missions, and even though the guys shoot her up and whatever because she dodges bullets so she never really gets hit and so she's even shown to administer first aid for the guys that eventually um, get injured and so on and so forth because she really cares more about saving people rather than taking their lives eventually we get to know the whole reason the whole uh, backstory on that but for this part, let's just leave it at that. So, we get to the point where uh, we save Walnut. There's this whole fake-off between uh, Walnut being kind of shot up by the guys that are pursuing him. But then we get, find out that actually Mizuki and Walnut were, were already uh, communicating between them. So... She basically faked the fact that she was Walnut in, on a body suit. And the whole thing the whole thing goes alright. And so Walnut for this from this point on lives in Likoreko and we actually get to meet her. That is uh Lolly basically child genius Kurumi and she's this best hacker in the world and then from this point on she lives with Nikoreko for protection and also because she then helps them with intelligence and so on and so forth uh, in the shadows really because at this point her death was faked and so everyone thinks that she's dead but she's not actually and from this point on we get to the last let's say the the last plot line really that begins at the start that is the whole conspiracy from this arms deal from the start of the anime so the fact that 
there was this fuck up by DA, the arms deals happened before they even arrived at the scene, the whole thing where nobody actually knew who the arms were from and to whom and where the arms went from that point on because the arms just vanished and from this point on we get this um, really episodic until episode 6 where episode 6 we get the first major break where we get to see a chemistry starting to brew as partners between Shisato and Takina and the point where Takina really becomes part of Likoreko and doesn't actually actually wants to go back to DA but then we get two more episodes between the development of the main antagonist Majima who's the actual uh, terrorist perpetrator of the arms deal and the whole eventually it goes on to attack Likoris because he discovers their existence and then we get this introduction of this entity behind the scenes the Allen Institute that creates that helps people with talent around the world but from the moment that we get to know this entity we see that they use this their research and their means to help people with talent they use it pretty let's say pretty freely pretty deliberately and so basically if you have talenting killing they will help you if you are an extra good killer this example happens in the anime i will not talk about this much but let's just say it's important the thing is we get then the next big break is on episode 8 because at the point that we are on episode 8 um, we get to find out that actually Chisato has a heart condition that she's using a special mechanical heart because she had a chronic illness when she was a kid so she had this heart transplant with a mechanical heart that is a special one-of-a-kind mechanical heart that was done by the aliens to to help her and so it has this one thing that it needs to be recharged every so often, like every two months, three months, something like that. And for one, carrying on from the first fuck up that we see in the first episode, um, for some reason, someone infiltrates DA and just to keep it short, messes up with Chisato's heart. So basically, the person overloads the heart and so it cannot be charged anymore and it can't be repaired. So basically, from this point on, on the 8th episode, Chisato is going to die in 2 months. And this is the, the most basic. This is the thing that happens on episode 8. And so from then on, from episode 8, there's this whole thing that happens where DA has finally cornered Majima, the main antagonist at this point, the main target from for DA, last big terrorist that they have, and so they want Chisato as the ace, the ace in the hole, to be in the operation, and then 
to do that she negotiates with the high brass of DA to get Takina her spot back in side DA because at this point we get to know that Takina will not return to DA any if, uh, even if her performance improves but then Chisato basically says like I will only participate in the operation if you get Takina back in, inside the DA and so the last let's say the last thing that happens in the anime is this whole commingling of the whole plot the whole plot lines that we get to see that Majima actually is another person helped by the aliens to because he has a talent for killing because he has like super sh sharp hearing he can echolocate and so on and so forth we get to see that Majima as a terrorist he his ultimate plan is to reveal to the public that the licorice exists and with help from Robota that at this point is allegedly the top hacker he hacks again inside the DA IT system gets the cover-up AI down and basically shows to the public to the general public what are licorice what licorice do and a whole speech about freedom and natural order and so on and so forth and then we get to find out that he distributed all the small arms that were dealt that one day at the start of the anime to random locations inside the city. And so we get, at the very least, to the notion that people with guns in Japan, appearing with guns in Japan, uh, shit will happen and the whole thing will go down pretty ugly, let's say. And... Eventually they defeat Majima, there is this whole inside crisis of DA because at this point someone from the even topper brass comes out and says so these girls who were revealed as licorice, they all gonna die but then Takina and Chisato come to help them and there is this whole side thing where Chisato needs to find someone and long story short is basically uh, tied to the fact that she has uh, this condition that she will die in two months. But then the whole thing goes down and everything goes alright at the end of the day. That's the thing that everyone lived happily ever after. And so the anime ends with them, the whole crew from Likodeko, moving to Hawaii. At the very least from what we left off. So now for my opinion some notes about the anime because at this point I don't actually want to explain the whole plotline because why would I do that? But I have some some pointers that I have to make and also the first pointer is if there will be a second season I will not be against it. I will much I'm pretty prone to watching it if it happens. But still, that's just um, a wish. Maybe that there will be a second season. Um, so, for my critique. So, first off, the thing about Chisato not killing anyone is... Uh, I mean, at the very end, they kind of explain it and show the reason why. But 
in 12 years. If you live 12 years in this line of work, I, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be willing to spare your enemies like that. I, I'm pretty sure. Though, I have to say, they... Let's say the non-lethal rounds are just a magical fluff at this point. They use some kind of stuff that one shot to the head will black out a guy. I'm not aware of any non-lethal rounds that do that, but at the same time, whatever, I don't know. I just think it's a really... It's kind of shooting, that's the, the thing. I have, I'm pretty sure they use that to lower the rating for the show, but I'm not so certain about that. I'm like, this is a, like a conspiracy. I think they did it for that, but I don't know. Second thing is, and this is pretty on me, I think it's a more of a personal note rather than an objective, but from the point where, and at episode 8, when they discovered that Chisato will die in two months, I, I audibly said, if they save her at the end of the anime, I will be upset. And, I mean, I knew that they would, but at the same time, it basically throws the stakes right out the window. So, you say, oh, she will die in two months. No, she won't. I'm pretty sure she won't. That That's not how these things are written that it's just not there and it's not something that i need to actually see to know but it's something that it at this point is obvious we are at that point where anime in general storytelling in general i think not only anime but movies western media Japanese media, whatever media we're talking about, these death of a characters that are premeditated, they never actually happen. And this is a thing, right? For Liquid's Recoil in specific, they premeditate this death of Chisato, but you know for a fact that it won't happen because they do a lot of it in the anime, I cannot point to a really 100% certain example of this, but the overall feeling that I had with the writing of this anime, even though I really enjoyed it, I think the setting is unique, the characters are really remarkable, so on and so forth. Much of the writing is non-committal, so it's pretty safe, let's say. They don't actually want to try to be edgy or when they try to be edgy they blunt it up let's say they pad it out really just to give the hint of edginess but they don't actually do anything so any stakes that they create they really throw them out the window the first moment that they can and this is really jarring to me because it, it becomes clear as day that any any stakes that you try to put on, this thing where Chisato dies, this thing where uh, Takina wants to go back to DA but then she sacrifices her her place on DA again at the end to save Chisato uh, they are not really not really there, right? 
the one thing that I can say, for instance, is that this comes up at first when Chisato is the best hitman out there, the best liquor is out there, and she uses non-lethal rounds. The thing about this is, the one that shoots most guys in the whole series is her. And for the most part, she doesn't kill anyone. She doesn't kill anyone ever. But the thing is, it comes out as why it's pretty safe in a... She doesn't want to commit. She, she, I say she, but the, the whole story doesn't want to commit to kill anyone. The whole story doesn't want to commit to do anything, really. And it feels like in the moment where they're most, the most powerful conflict, they really pet it out through comedy or someone coming up to save something, to say something or to save someone from peril and really becomes jarring at some points. I mean, it kind of defeats the whole purpose of the build-up. That's the thing what I'm saying. It's anticlimactic in a watcher's way, let's say. In, as as audience, it, it becomes anticlimactic because it doesn't matter what the hell you say. Uh, I know for a fact that the good guys will win at the end and there will be no sacrifices, which I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's me, if it's a personal thing or the whole media industry has become like this. But the thing's too safe. It's too safe. Where are the people dying? God damn it. Like you have... More than, I don't know, thousands of crows running around Japan with guns, killing terrorists, actual terrorists, with even more guns. And I don't see nearly anyone dying in the whole anime. Like, what? Even in the last scene where we have girls entering with guns to kill the guys, we don't actually have... A single battle action. When we see the guys dead, they are already dead. You know what I'm saying? The whole thing is... It seems like they wanted to tackle these themes, these heavy-ass themes about terrorism, about uh, killing people, about the whole thing. They wanted to tackle this, but they didn't want to up the age bracket. That's the feeling I get. The whole thing was a ploy to lower the sensor rating for some reason. I don't know why, but that's the feeling that I get. And I can't, like, shake this out. And now for my final note, the final, let's say, commentary about this whole thing, but the overall opinion. Even though I have this problem where the um, whole thing seems no committal and pretty safe in a... Uh, sensor way, a family-friendly way, even though it shows a lot of blood and so on and so forth, but doesn't actually show any major fights. I have to give praise to, and give credit to the anime on what it does right. So, weapon models, I don't actually know the model that Chisato uses of gun. I think it's a kind of boutique gun. I don't actually know the 
model or manufacturer of the pistol. I'm pretty sure that Takena and all the other girls from Licorice use PA-10s. I'm not sure, but I'm kind of sure, but not really. The They also include a lot of really strange guns. Majima, as a terrorist, is the one that carries the most strange, given the provenance. I think it's a Kiapa Rhino. A Kiapa Rhino is really a... I'd say exclusive and really expensive gun if you think about it. If you think that he's a um, terrorist that just got the gun, you wouldn't think that a Kiapa would end up as a terrorist gun. You would think that something more, let's say, dirty or dirty oriented or I don't know, maybe something with more function than form. Uh, Kiapa is maybe a more form than function, but still. The other thing is, uh, the one other weapon that ha appears a lot at the end is the uh, KSG, which is really funny to see the prominence of that gun, given the manufacturer. But still, that that's just me as a, as a gun nut saying total gibberish here. The thing is, this anime is well done. The whole thing is really well presented. This shows me that A1 still can do some quality anime. Besides SAO, as I said in the last episode, as I already said at the beginning, it's really ironic that I reviewed Engage Keys so badly and then as I start to watch Liquid's Recoil, I discovered that it came from the same studio. It is really a night and day difference from the feeling I got from Gage Keys and this. This is really nice. The, the setting, as I already said, is really unique. The idea for the for the story is really unique. The whole the whole thing is brimming with creativity and style. The character designs are not really derivative as as the ones from engage keys the whole the whole presentation the whole composure for the presentation of the characters the scenes the animation some of the scenes from this anime are really 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 beautiful it is really nice to see the amount of work the production value that came into it just in the animation and art department, it really is a step above the rest. It's really nice. That That is the one anime that I was expecting from A1 Pictures. Basically, I got vindicated, let's say. it. I felt vindicated by seeing this and saying, yes, this studio can still do really nice stuff. It's really, really nice. And so, for all that's worth, uh, I recommend Liquor's Recoil to anyone to, to watch it. One of the things that I really thought were unique is the fact that even though the whole anime is basically girls with, I think, three or four men in the mix, even though our main protagonists are a pair of girls, 
you would have to stretch it a lot to say that there is a romantic ship, let's say, there. And this is the thing where I really thought like, oh, that's that's really really out there to, to see something that I could say that they are two girls working together, but I would not say that it has anything to do with Yuri because it, it doesn't actually no romantic things, no romantic let's say notes come out from the anime at all. And this, I mean, I'm praising the fact that it doesn't have any romance in it, and this may sound strange, but I I was really impressed that they wrote something that is just camaraderie between girls without making it romantic. I really thought it. it would seem like, I mean, if they wanted to cash out in the Yuri department, they could. They had all the opportunities for doing that. They had all the opportunities to make it Yuri and double down on it and whatever. They didn't do it. And for one, this is really unique and really impressive that they pulled it out. Outside from that, another point that they used a lot, uh, not a lot in a, in a real way, let's say, they don't actually show this a lot in the actual anime, but the presentation of the girls in a more fashion-wise style, let's say, in the transitions between the um, commercial breaks and whatever, that you see these shots of the girls with different clothes and whatever, I, I thought it was a good touch, I mean, for what's worth... It's at the very least something different from what we see nowadays. The last one that I can remember on top of my head that had something like this was High School DxD, which that one had the, their own flavor of the thing, let's say. But the overall anime, uh, pretty neat, uh, as I already said, art, composure, presentation, animation, pretty nice. I wish they did more fight scenes, but uh, as I already said, uh, they may have been kind of crunched on releasing two anime at the same time. That being said, I really some of the fights that they hint at that happened, I really wish that we could have seen, but we didn't. Tragic, but still. And so, for the most part, that's basically it. So... Pretty nice anime, watch it if, if you can, it's pretty good. Though it's non-committal, it's pretty low stakes. I think the complexity is pretty low, even though they try to make it high, I don't know. They just resolve everything with the help of uh, Kurumi at the end of the day, but still. So that's basically it. So if you like what I do, if you like the show, thank you for listening. Please like, please share, please follow, depending on the platform you're in. Please join the Discord, and if you can, share with a friend. And I hope you stick around for the next one. Bye.